0: Coming to you from the Eon Project studios, first high atop the banks of the majestic Blackstone River. Greetings from the jewel of the Blackstone Valley. You're listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Hey, I just realized something. What? We're going to have to change that intro. Yeah. Because we're not really overlooking the banks of the Blackstone River anymore. No. Welcome, everyone.
1: Welcome to another edition of, another exciting edition of the Eon Project. A show designed to excite the nether regions of your mind and bring the humor and learning centers of your brain slowly to climax through vigorous stimulation.
0: Oh, did you just think of that? Yeah, I just thought of that. You look you look awfully excited. You looked excited when you were saying that, actually. Well,
1: it's an exciting thing to say. You know, this is an exciting show.
0: It's an exciting show. It's an exciting time. Yeah. Here we are in the new studios. We're in our new
1: studio. Pal- you know, palatial. We used to be in a very dark, dank
0: yeah, damp space. It was, yeah, but that he's, was very bright. And it's airy. bright. It's airy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit of reverb, because yeah. of the uh, the con- the sh- construction in here. I probably have to put some soundproofing up, but I
1: don't, I don't know. But you I, you didn't. We didn't used to be able to see anything. No, but now I can see. Uh, I see beautiful foliage.
0: Yes. Uh, if an animal were to work walk by, I would see one. It puts you in a different a different mindset, does it not? It's beautiful. It's, really, it's relaxing. You know, one of the uh, one of the first uh, the first nights that I stayed here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you stay
1: at the studio. I
0: did because it's a shower here, oh. and I like to shower in the studio, okay. right? Okay. So I got in the shower, and I forgot to pack soap. Oh. And the only the only soap that was available oh. was a hand soap. Okay. And it was a, a coconut pumpkin latte scented hand foaming hand oh. soap. Okay. And uh, I you're afraid to use it. I'll tell you what, it was the best uh, showering experience of my life. Yeah. I was uh, I was clean. I was stimulated. Uh, I smelled like a coffee shop in uh, uh, in, in, October. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It was great.
1: Well, you know what? We haven't had a show in a while. Uh, there's been a couple of weeks went by. That's right. And We haven't had a show. So, so we're going to have a, a great show today. We're going to be discussing some uh, conspiracies mm. perpetrated by the U.S. government. On unsuspecting subjects.
0: That's correct.
1: We're going to t- talk about that later. You
0: know, on this show, we like to go full circle with everything, and uh, mm-hmm. you know that just ties into the you know some of the things we've talked about before in terms of our distrust of the government. Yes, and there are reasons for it. And today, you're going to see why.
1: You know, before we get into that, I wanted to discuss something uh, on the news that I saw. Mm. Um, it, it was a it was a a story, a news story about a a person who was uh was running a muck, a muck, muck. Yeah, around their neighborhood. Uh, wielding a machete. Yes. So I wanted to ask you, and it's not really about that story. I want to know, how come you only hear the term wielding in, in the news? Like you hear, oh, is it an axe-wielding person mm. or someone wielding a machete? How come you never say that in a normal conversation? Like no one ever says, hey, look, Mike is wielding a, a meatball sub. <laughs> how come you don't ever hear that? Well,
0: because the, I, the, I think the term wielding has a uh, a sinister and uh, like connotation. Is that why they use like it? It sounds like I'm going to start using wielding evil. all the time. What are you doing over there wielding that pen? Oh, I'm wielding this uh, tennis racket in this tennis match. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Don't, you don't hear that talk. You know, we, uh, throughout the course of our um, experience here on the Eon Project, every week we develop and uh, we, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We attain uh, mm-hmm. more listeners uh, yeah, from every week. all across the world. Yep. And uh, recently I had the opportunity to speak with a loyal listener by the name of Raul. Oh, yeah. Where's Raul from? Raoul is from, uh, he's from the local area here. He's from a, a, an old French village called Albion. Oh, Albion. And uh, Raoul's an interesting character, to say the least. But we were talking about, remember a few weeks ago, we were we, there was an obscure Vincent Price reference? Yes. We are talking about Vincent we, uh, Price uh, and yes, he was, he was on Scooby Scooby-Doo. Doo. Yes. Well, Raoul even had a more obscure uh, Vincent Price reference, which I didn't remember until, I, until he mentioned it and I started thinking about it. Really? He was on a two, he was in two episodes of The Brady Bunch. Vincent Price? Do you remember this? No. Do remember you remember that. when they made the trip to Hawaii? Yeah, and, and uh, Greg stole an, uh, an, a cursed idol. That's right. Yes. Well, the boys were in a cave, and they came across a seedy figure oh. by the name of Dr. Hubert Whitehead. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing that, in the cave? That was Vincent Price. Oh, yes, Mr. Whitehead. So that, that was uh, interesting from Raul. He gets a uh, oh, an EM Project star. fridge magnet for that.
1: Yeah, you get a gold star, too. Congratulations, Raul. <laughs> Obscure reference of the week. Yes. Oh. So do you want to get into the topic?
0: Yeah, uh, we have a sponsor today too. Before we uh, continue on, uh, we'll uh, talk more about that about halfway through the show. But we we endeavor to find new sponsors uh, yes. and listeners uh, to you know help us get this show out to the masses. Yep, and, and uh, it's slowly working. It is. It's working its way out there. And uh, so we're gonna read. There's gonna be a commercial playing about halfway through for our new sponsor. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's get into it.
1: So we're going to be talking today about government conspiracies, and, and uh, speaking of uh, specifically, right. of the MK Ultra project, right, which some of you have probably heard of. It's very famous.
0: It is. It is famous or infamous, as uh, as infamous. some might say. And you know, we were talking about the distrust of the government and the and government conspiracies and things of that sort. It does happen, and of course it does. And actually, and I think we'll probably get to this later. But yeah, you and I actually
1: had firsthand witnessed some of this.
0: That's correct. Actually, I was going to lead with that.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. That's a good, that's a good place to lead.
0: Um, so the, the, the government and military especially, uh, you know, people in the military become lab rats Absolutely. for different experiments that, mm-hmm. that go on because you really don't have a choice in the matter, right? No. You kind of sign away in the dotted line and uh, they do all different kinds of various things to you. And most notably, when you first go to recruit training mm-hmm. or boot camp, um, you're you're... You're like herded into these <laughs> facilities, these these uh, cold uh, medical facilities that have a weird vibe to them, anyway. And you literally just in line, mass, en masse. Yep.
1: And they don't tell you about what's going to happen or. They don't anything. tell you
0: anything. They just lead you along and they inject you yep. with all these various substances. And,
1: and uh, you've noticed, I, I, I've, everyone's been to the doctor, everyone has had. Uh, you know in vaccinations and these but they always tell you what it is like when you go to the doc you go to your doctor's office they don't just inject you with something and they don't tell you right in the military you just stand in a line and they just go they have these uh, pneumatic guns yeah the little air guns and they just inject you step forward they inject you step forward and you don't know what it is they no have no idea what that is. and supposedly
0: right? they write things in your uh, medical record book yeah. but you get more shots than what are in there yeah supposedly um so I, remember, I remember a specific uh, instance where they injected some weird fluid into the right butt cheek of everyone. Yeah. And then made you sit on the floor <laughs> in a long line with your legs wrapped around the guy in front of you. Yep. And you had to roll back and forth to knead. The material in. into your flesh. That was Gamma Globulin. Is, is that what that was? was. Yeah, that's I don't
1: know what it's for, but it's it's that's what sounds like it Sounds like something
0: uh that turned Bruce Banner into the Incredible Hulk.
1: It, it that was with Gamma Rays. Oh. The Gamma Rays did that. I never got into the Hulk, man. I always thought the Hulk was a stupid character. Yeah. He's just a big dude that breaks stuff.
0: Especially in the new live action, it's really dumb. I don't
1: know. I never watched the Hulk. I like the Avengers movies in general. Mm. I think the Avengers movies are good, the Captain America movies are good. Uh, but I never, I never got into the Hulk. Oh, okay. Never thought he was a good.
0: Well, let's get into MK Ultra. Why don't we do that? So it sounds
1: like a a, a video game. It does, doesn't it? Mortal Kombat.
0: It has a a, a sinister, ominous uh, tone to it.
1: So what's what, what's this all about? Well, MK
0: Ultra. That was a actually a secret uh, CIA mind control program. Ooh. And it, the code name was actually given to the program of experiments on human subjects by the CIA. And as you know, the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, is a very secretive organization that is uh, operates in the shadows. Yes, and they do various things throughout the world.
1: Well, the funny thing is that before you get into the MKUltra specifically, but the CIA—and correct me if I'm wrong—is actually not supposed to do anything within the United States. Everything that all of their activities are supposed to be directed at uh, outside entities. That's right. So,
0: so as we know, they killed JFK.
1: Well, oh, <laughs> speaking of which, <laughs> just in the car on the way over here. I heard uh, President Trump is about to release Mm. uh, documents related to the JFK assassination that have been secret until now.
0: Well, you're going to realize it's going to be a big disappointment. There's not going to be anything that you've already known or heard before. I don't think it's going to be anything of any value or that they may have had has long been destroyed.
1: Uh, I would imagine. Why would they keep it? If there was a conspiracy involving the government, why would they keep any documents?
0: Well, you're gonna see too here at MK Ultra, The the CIA director in 1973 dis- wanted he ordered that all evidence of MK Ultra destroyed. Oh, that. Unfortunately, means, yeah. a lot of papers survived, so that's kind of how we know a little bit about what's going on. Interesting. With that. So
1: how does all start?
0: Well, it was uh, basically the whole thing behind it was they were experiments on humans uh, that were intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures that were to be used in interrogations and torture Ooh. in order to weaken the individual to force confessions through mind control.
1: So they were using pharmaceuticals to do this. They
0: were, and the most famous of those was LSD, Right, lysergic acid diethylamide. Oh, that's hard to say. Which, of course, the Beatles loved LSD.
1: Well, so LSD, and I'm, I'm excuse me, I'm not a drug person. Mm. That's a completely synthetic It's a drug, chemical, chemical right? it's compound. A chem- it's a chemical. It's not like something you
0: can find in, in nature. I don't believe so. You can't find LSD trees. That would be something. You'd be in trouble. How about like mushrooms, though? Those are uh, magic mushrooms. Those are uh, all organic. And peyote. Mm. It's mm. peyote. I've it's, not, heard. it's not peyote. No, I knew a. Uh, Excuse me, sir, because I, in the
1: movie Young Guns, yeah. the classic seminal yes. movie, uh, they take peyote. Yeah. In the in the woods for some reason, and they end up uh, shooting chickens and and
0: uh, and, <laughs> and, and talking th- in a low, and, weird voice and throwing up. Emilio Estevez, a, a brilliant actor. I was a uh, good friends with a uh, uh, a Native American boy. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. How good friends were you? He was from the Lakota tribe, Oh, and he, he, he corrected me and said that it's Peyote.
1: The Lakota, are they the Midwest?
0: Uh, South Dakota uh, oh, area. of the, the Dakotas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he also said it's not coyote. It's coyote? Coyote. Oh. It's a Na- Native American uh, pronunciation. That. So it was, the MKUltra was organized through the, S- the Scientific Intelligence Division of the CIA. Oh. So put, put the CIA and Scientific Intelligence together, mm. and boy, what do you have? Uh, a mess. You do. A giant mess. So that operation actually began in the early nineteen fifties. Okay. And like I said, it was uh, officially halted in seventy three when they went to destroy all the evidence. Oh. But unfortunately, some of the some of the evidence made its way uh, to the fore. Wow. Yeah.
1: So what kind of things did they do?
0: Well, it? they engaged in uh, you know various illegal activities, including you know the use of unwitting U.S. and Canadian citizens as its test subjects. Unwitting, unwilling, unwitting, unwitting. unwitting. Yeah. Oh. So, obviously, you know, that, that led to uh, a lot of controversies regarding its legitimacy. Sure. Well, sure. Because it's you can't do that sort of stuff. Well. Although some of the people were, were volunteers. Uh-huh. Mm. So, this came, This was a, a government project that
1: lasted, what, 20 years? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Yep. So, w- what kind of things did they, were they trying to get from it? Like, they were ba- they were basically trying to, to get uh, mind control, um, assistant in interrogations, and things like right. that. Right. So,
0: you know, obviously, it was at the height of the Cold War there. Right. And... You know, it was it, it their their reasonings for doing it were actually you know correct not correct but they were um, noble in the sense that they were trying to prevent you know uh, we were we were battling with the Soviets in terms of the Cold War they were trying to develop new and different techniques to try to defeat the communists right so you know the reasons for doing it I guess were good but uh, the, the methodologies were not uh, hmm. were not so on the up and up. I see, but it was a, it was a what find, what I find it interesting is that the pro, the project was so broad that that the the research was undertaken at eighty institutions, including forty four colleges and universities. And the most famous of these, obviously, would be Harvard University in the famous Cambridge, Massachusetts, the bastion of freedom here in the in the United States. Cambridge? Well, I guess I don't know Massachusetts. Did it have?
1: Oh, isn't it funny how Massachusetts, the birthplace of the American Revolution, yeah. is now one of the more uh restrictive yeah states as far as a lot of personal liberties you can't so.
0: say or do anything no it's it's ironic isn't it it is quite ironic and there's a revolutionary war reenactment taking place today at there Chase is. Farm in Lincoln
1: that's correct uh i you know as a as a huge fan of the revolutionary war period i can mm. tell you i've been to a few and uh, i don't enjoy them no. i don't enjoy reenactments of any kind
0: no no and people I, get way too into them not
1: only that um i think that honestly it, it it's, if you're filming something for a movie or a documentary, you're going to film a battle scene, a reenactment, I think uh, that's one thing. Mm. But if you're just doing it because you like to go out and pretend that you're in a war, you know, people were killed in sure. those battles, and they they treat it like it's an afternoon in, in the park, you
0: know. But not only that, they think that uh, they're actually part of these military units. They do think that. They which talk, is weird. They
1: talk that way. They're like, oh, in my unit. I'm like, listen, you're a bunch of momos who get dressed up as in costumes and pretend that
0: you're in a war. Why don't you go do something with yourself? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, that's their fun. But anyway. Anyway. So Harvard University, a famous alumni of Harvard, Harvard University known as Ted Kaczynski. Oh. Also the Unabomber. Yes. Who, uh Who bombed several people. What? Where did the name Unabomber come from? I don't even know that. Uh, Un Un unibom was the was the FBI code name for oh for the case. So it's not a name.
1: You know how like a lot of killers that give themselves. Like, he didn't. A moniker. Give, he didn't
0: give himself that name. Oh, He'd no. Okay. No. But uh, actually, I just watched an interesting show about him. It yeah. was a uh, uh, Discovery Channel program. It was all about the the Unabomber. It was interesting.
1: You know, there's another program that I want to I want to just briefly mention that we're talking about. TV is a show called Mindhunter Hunter on uh, Netflix, which mm. is a terrific show. It's all about the formulation of the behavioral sciences unit of the fbi oh uh and they talk about this it takes place in the late 70s early 80s um when they started realizing what a serial killer was they didn't mm-hmm. have any determination they didn't have obviously serial killers have been around for many sure for forever uh but they, they just started to classify them yep. so the show is actually a
0: brilliant uh brilliantly done mm. very entertaining show you should check it out i will i'll take you up on that suggestion but anyway so ted Kaczynski, the unabomber who's currently still in jail uh, and old really? and has a decrepit looking beard.
1: He's got, yeah, he's got wild hair. He,
0: he was going to Harvard university and, uh, you know, he was always a unique, uh, individual to say the least. Mm-hmm. And he befriended a psychology professor at the time and the professor and him, they would have, uh, intimate, uh, conversations over uh, coffee and they would talk all kinds did of they have, things. Did they have, uh, any type of food items with the coffee? Oh, possibly. Like some sort of crumpet? A crumpet or a pastry of some kind? You can't have crumpets with coffee. Or lemon... What are they called? Lemon squares? Lemon... Oh, those are so good. Lemon bars. I love the lemon bar. The lemon bar is a delightful With the simulated lemon in the center. Yes, it's like some sort of gelatinous... I love it. ...filling. So anyway, uh, so Ted Kaczynski and uh, he was... was, Part of this whole MK Ultra program, starting at Harvard University, he was uh, tortured and all kinds of things. Oh, he was. I don't know. You don't know that. I don't but... know if he was tortured. Well, enough. I wonder. You
1: know, it's an interesting. It's an interesting question to see if because he was a brilliant person. Yep. When he went there, obviously he's at Harvard. He's not an idiot, right? Uh, and, and he was a brilliant uh, mathematical genius. He was. I wonder if the MK Ultra program, uh, you know, messed the brain up and made him into a bomber.
0: Well, I think he was a little messed up before that, and I think this maybe just set him over the edge. Well,
1: another famous alumni of the MK Ultra program, um, from the different spectrum of the of, of the yeah. world, would be one Whitey Bulger. Oh, the famous gangster. The famous notorious gangster from South Boston, who is uh, credited. Well, they think he's killed upwards of 30 people, but it's probably more than that, and really? had a hand in, yeah. in many, many more. Actually, he was in the the most wanted list for many years. Mm. Um, recently captured, but. So while he was in federal prison for bank robbery in the late 1950s and early 1960s, he actually volunteered to take part in, this, in the covert MKUltra program in exchange for time off his sentence. So he, Whitey actually kept a, a notebook, it's like diary of, yeah. his, of his activities while he was in prison, and that gained some insight as to the MKUltra program from his notebook. So he actually wrote in his notebook that he, he had a morbid fear of LSD, and if he felt that if he had any more of it, it would push him over the edge. Um, he, he mentioned hearing voices and he seemed to his calendar in his cell would move on its, on its own. Um, and he, 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 he openly said that if he, uh, mentioned any of these things, he thought he would, he would be committed for life and he would never get out. He would never be able to see the outside mm. again. He wrote that he felt like his head would change shape. Oh, and that the only antidote was to look in the mirror to make sure that his head was still the same shape. Yeah. So, and this is obviously because of LSD. Um, and he compared the doctor running the LSD program in federal prison to a, do- a modern day Doctor Mengele. You know Doctor oh, was? Oh,
0: Joseph Mengele from yes. the Nazis. Yes, he was not a nice man. No.
1: And uh, he, uh, Whitey said he had nightly nightmare, nightly nightmares, which is hard to say. Oh. And that his the LSD use caused him years of stomach problems and allergies. He felt like he would uh, had me- he had mental problems. He was afraid to have kids after the LSD program because he thought the kids would come
0: out messed up. Probably. I don't think Whitey had any kids. I don't think he, he ever. No, but you know, I find it interesting that they, that, you know, LSD can mess somebody up real bad or it could be used for good. It could. Look what the Beatles did under L- on LSD. What did they do? They made music. Ah, oh, all kinds of crazy good music.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things before, just to get off Whitey Bulger. Yeah. So one of the things I found interesting was he, while he was undergoing the LSD treatments, he said he had to wear long sleeve shirts to bed because bare arms made him nervous. He could not. He could not have bear his like a bear, arms. like
0: a like a Kodiak, or like no, just like nothing just on nothing, his arms. Nothing on his arms. Oh, I see. So he would,
1: yeah, interesting. So I wonder. And that was before Whitey became the, the notorious gangster. You know, I mean, he was always a criminal name. element. That's correct. He always was, but he became like a Godfather type, yeah, person in South Boston. That's true. After that, so who knows what kind of role the drugs had on him.
0: He had an interesting story. I find it amazing that he was able to elude capture for all those years. Well, he had help.
1: He had a, he had a mole in the FBI. Actually, you know, a lot of people don't know that the movie The Departed is loosely based on... Um, Weddy Bulger. It is
0: the black. Well, the Black Mass movie was was directly the Weddy Bulger story, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was, and it was a terrible movie. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I didn't like Johnny
0: Depp. I don't. I don't like him particularly anyway. It wasn't
1: that good. I had all these thoughts that he was going to be a good one, but I, I don't know. I don't think he was. I that liked good.
0: him in Twenty One Jump Street.
1: That was about. That it. That was about him. Him and Richard Grieco. See, you, there was two camps. There was the Johnny Depp and Richard Grieco camp. Yeah, and you had
0: to be in one of them. I liked Richard Grieco, and look what happened. Wasn't Peter Delauez in that? Wasn't that Peter Delauez that was in that movie? <laughs> I, I, I mean, know. in that show. I don't know who's no? Peter DeLuise? Dom Delouise's son.
1: Oh, Dom Deloiz. Remember
0: from Cannonball Run. Fame? How come
1: Dom Deloise and Chef Paul Prudhomme are never in the
0: same place at the same time? Or Chef Boyardee. I think he's dead. Is he? I think all three of those people are dead. Oh, okay. So the some of the, the where do how do we get up to MK Ultra? So I don't they were know. precursor uh, experiments or precursor uh, projects that. Led up to that, and one of them, which we've talked about before, famously was Operation Paperclip. Yes, we did. So in, in, that was 1945, the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency established Operation Paperclip. You know, which recruited Nazi scientists to come here after the war. Which, you know, some of those were they were criminals, and they were tried during the Nuremberg trials, and oh, we bailed them out and brought them over here because they were good scientific minds. That's right. So several U.S. government projects grew out of that operation. Paperclip and some some of these notably, and I'll just read a couple of yeah. them to you. Uh, they have interesting names. Project Chatter. Okay. Ooh, Chatter. What is Chatter? Is it ch- 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 Chatter? Also, yeah. Oh, Project Bluebird. Bluebird! <laughs> Sorry. Bluebird. Oh, look, sky. a pretty little bluebird. Oh, hello. And Project Artichoke. I don't like artichokes. It's a dangerous looking vegetable. Have you ever had an artichoke? I've had artichoke hearts. I don't like them. I heard that you couldn't eat the Can you choke to death on artichoke? Uh, like if you eat the heart part? No, that's what you eat. You eat the, the fibrous material you eat in the, the middle center. part. Yeah, it's usually cooked. Oh, I always thought you could not eat that.
1: No, but it looks like a a, a dangerous medieval torture weapon. You it could does. you could put it at the end of a it's chain, got, like, pointy and, pointy and edges. Swing it. it actually does have pointy edges, <laughs> much like a, uh, a a a
0: pineapple. So the project of these these initial or the the purpose of these initial programs was just like uh the beginning stages of uh behavior modification and other related uh topics of sorts. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. Well, so we're talking earlier about MK Ultra. Where, where did that term come from? You think?
1: Uh, well, you know, a lot of the, a lot of government plans have these weird uh, code names. So I don't know how they come. So the
0: first this. part of it, MK. Uh, 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 meaning that the project was sponsored by the agency's technical services staff. That was the designation oh, for the MK. Okay. Fought by the word Ultra, which actually it sounds like a like a comic book character, doesn't it? MK yeah. Ultra? Ultra. My name is MK Ultra. I, I what, fight the forces of evil.
1: I wonder what the MK Ultra superhero superpower would be. Maybe hmm. he's incredibly punctual. Like oh. that's his superpower? Yeah. He's so on, like he's just on time for everything all the time. He's on
0: time all the time.
1: <laughs> on time all the time. Oh. Hey, that's that, that could be that's a million line. dollar idea. Somebody yeah. write that down. Oh. On time, all the time.
0: If you hear my paper shuffling around here, I hear that. I hear papers. That, that's that's what it. That's what's happening. Oh, yeah.
1: So the MK Ultra program.
0: Yeah. Followed by the word Ultra. What does that mean? I don't know. That means really cool. Oh. All right. So what we're going to do is here just before the break. I just kind of want to go over some of the uh, the various. Just to give you an example of the size and scope of the of the MK Ultra project. So I'm going to read down a list. Of uh, a doc, one of the documents that was found It was a 1955 MK Ultra document that kind of talks a little bit about. Uh, they're numbered. They're numbered from. Let's see here, one through 17. I'm not re- going to read all of them. I'm right? not going to read them all okay, because good. that would be boring. Yeah. But I'll just give you a, an example of a few different things. Number okay. one, the MK Ultra effort uh, was to develop substances which will promote illogical thinking and impulsive to the point where the recipient would be discredited in public. Oh. Substances which increase the. Efficiency of mentation. I don't know what mentation, mentation. means. Mentation. Mentation. I don't know what Mentation? Mentation? No. I don't know. Mentadent. And perception. Oh. Materials which will cause the victim to age faster or slower in maturity. Oh. Materials which will promote the intoxicating effects of alcohol.
1: Well, they could have just given out whiskey bottles.
0: Oh, I like whiskey. M- me too. Materials which will produce the signs and symptoms of recognized diseases in a reversible way so that they may be used for malingering. Which, oh, malingerers. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: a term you don't hear very often oh. these days.
0: Materials which will cause temporary, permanent brain damage and loss of memory. This is all interesting uh, stuff they're it's trying all, to develop it all sounds here. Sounds like us. Substances which will enhance the ability of individuals to withstand privation, torture, and coercion during interrogation, so-called brainwashing. Oh, so what they to resist was, that exactly. Oh. So they were trying to develop a super warrior, mental super warrior, right? Basically,
1: like like Captain America,
0: except mentally, just just, just tough. A brain made of adamantium.
1: Oh. Yeah. Like Wolverine's skeleton, for those of you who are not geeks.
0: Yeah. And and I think Captain America's shield was made out of that as well. Adamantium, yes. Was it?
1: Actually, it was. I think that there may be a different substance that they use now. Really? Yeah. Why do you keep shuffling papers over there? I Am I? It sounds, like a, it sounds like a paper
0: factory over there. Oh, I'm sorry. Operation Paperclip going on right here in our, <laughs> in our studio. <laughs> All right, so as you can see, uh, the government is into all kinds of nefarious yeah. activities and things that are going on. Which back then, they could keep secrets a lot better than I think they can keep now.
1: Well, with the advent of the of the worldwide web, mm. uh, you know, information is gathered and disseminated much more quickly and That's efficiently true. than it would it was back then.
0: Right, and people, there's whistleblowers all over the place now. There are. Whereas before, if you you know, if you even thought about. You know, divulging some of these secrets from the government, you'd be they would just kill you. You'd be you'd disappear rather quickly. I think.
1: I think that still happens.
0: It does happen, but it's a lot more. People are a lot more aware of it now, though. Yeah. You know, this these things happen all the time. I
1: know. In the second half of our show today, we're going to talk about some of the lesser known experiments that the government conducted on people. Some of them volunteers, some of them non volunteers.
0: Speaking of experiments. You know there's an interesting phenomenon that's taking place now and I've I've experienced it twice in the past week and it's going to get somebody killed. Okay. Yeah. So you go to the gas station, right? You go to the gas pumps, you want to fuel up your car. Yeah. So you know how sometimes you pull up to the pump and there's already a vehicle in front of you, so you have to use the secondary pump. Yes. So this has happened to me twice. I'm I'm I've there's a person in front of me They're fueling up and I'm behind them and I'm fueling up and for some strange reason the person gets back into their vehicle. Now I get back into my vehicle, and I'm ready to depart the scene. Right?
1: Wait, are you are you you're done fueling? Done fueling. Point? Okay.
0: Everybody's done fueling. Yep. And I just like to you know pull forward because I have a, I have a larger vehicle, so it's hard to wanna... man- maneuver around small yeah. small spaces. Right. right. So I'm sitting there, and I'm watch the person in their driver's seat break on the foot on the brake pedal. So I'm like I'm thinking they're going to leave at any moment. Yeah. But they don't. They just sit what there. do they do? They pick there. up their cell phone, and they start scrolling, now it's and, a, scrolling, now scrolling it's the and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Yeah, Like immediately. That's happened twice. They get back in the car. They pick up the cell phone. They scroll away. Scroll away, keeping me from departing the scene.
1: So you're you're going nuts behind me I, I am,
0: because I way. can't pull out. I can't leave. I can't go anywhere. I'm being blocked in. So what did you do? You just wait. Well, I had to wait.
1: You know, this. actually, there's another thing that's kind of the same way. And my wife laughs at me. I'm married, by the way. Oh, you are? Yeah. So those oh. of you who, uh, who are infatuated with me, I mm. apologize. I'm married and, and happily so for many, many years. So anyway, so I have this thing about ATMs. Because mm. uh, nowadays, you know, it used to be ATMs um, were much more prevalent. Most sure. people don't use them anymore. However, I have a thing about ATMs when... I always end up behind somebody who is taking entirely too long mm. at the ATM. What are you doing that doesn't take more than 30 that, that shouldn't take more than 30
0: seconds? If you if you can't if you can't go to the ATM in less than 30 seconds, something wrong you shouldn't you. be at the ATM. I agree
1: with you. And actually my wife counts down the time. And I always finish under thirty seconds, around mm. thirty seconds. There's people they got to check balances, they're conducting oh. complex bank transfers, they're and balancing checkbooks. They're, yeah, they're 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 looking at things, and, oh. and then they're are scrolling Facebook. They're confused by the buttons. Yeah, you know how many times use your hand have to reach out and and, and manipulate nope. the buttons? It Two, should be three just a couple times, of times, four times at the most. No, and then it just keeps going back and forth, and you're, you're sitting there going crazy because this person is just yes. taking entirely too long at the ATM. Yeah. <gasps>
0: Speaking of that, I find that it's old people. And why do old people insist upon continuing to write a check? Paying with pennies. And they never preload the check either, right? No, they don't. They go up to CVS. The lady at the CVS, she loads a shopping cart. Who shops at CVS? A shopping cart full of materials. Who has a checkbook? (laughs) And she's like, what is
1: the total again?
0: And she's trying to write it out. And it's taking forever. And uh, she can't find her ID card. And oh, my God. Well, the funny thing is, is if you have a checking account, you
1: have a debit card. Because so why don't you just use the debit well card? they
0: don't they, well I found that old people don't trust electronics in any way
1: no they'd rather trust a piece of paper that you write on <laughs> so the electronics they think electronics. is are going to
0: malfunction and, and <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna lose the card I don't know anyway, They can't figure it out we're
1: digressing into digressivism
0: so we're gonna uh, so we have a new sponsor here on the program do you want to talk do you want to say what the sponsor is
1: no I think we should just play it.
0: All right, so it's a, it's a local business. We're very happy to have them, by the we're way. We're very happy to have them. We appreciate their, their listenership. Um, they're, new to, they're new to the area, actually. They're, um, they're, they're a new business in the area, I should say. Yep. And um, they, uh, they have a commercial that's been produced, and uh, we're going to play it for you now. So we'll be back in just a second.
1: Are you in the market for quality home improvements, entryway accessories, and home decorations? If so, don't come to the door store. We only sell doors. No handles, no hardware, just doors. And none of those fancy-smancy metal or exotic wood doors either, just plain pine doors. If you want a pine door with no paint on it, come to the door store at 235 Social Street in the great city of Woonsocket, Rhode Island. We don't have a phone or a website, so you need to come in person. This week only, all doors are 5% off. Tell them Frank sent you for an additional 1% discount.
0: Come to the door store, see our pine doors. Frank is the doorman, with his brothers Joe and Stan. Come to the door store, see our pine doors. You will enjoy our wood, it is hard and it is good. Come. To the door store see our pine doors come to the door store come see our doors come to the door store come and see our store Welcome back from the break. That was uh, Frank from the door store, and uh yep. glorious one socket. We're happy to have him. Uh, we're, gl- uh, we're glad Frank could uh, take the time out of his day to do that for I'm us. Gonna go,
1: I'm gonna go down there and look at the pine doors.
0: Hopefully, we can get some uh, business for Frank in the door store. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so we're talking about government experimentations on people. Yep. And nefarious. So we talked a little bit about the MK Ultra program, which is, which is a, a very well known to some in some circles. Um, and it just goes to show that the government is involved in a lot of things. That we don't think the United States government would, would do. We think that other governments would do that, but, right. not, but not ours. Right. Well, we're wrong.
0: And you know what? Those are, That's just the program that we've we've heard about. There's right. probably others that uh, we don't even know about.
1: Yes. For instance, have you ever heard of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment?
0: No, but I've heard of the Tuskegee Airmen.
1: Well, it's about the same thing. Oh. So in 1932, the Public Health Service, working with the Tuskegee Institute, began to, began to study uh, the natural history of syphilis. You know, the wonderful disease. Yeah, that killed Al Capone. Yeah, it did, in the hopes of justifying treatment programs for black people. It was called the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. Oh. That was the name of it. This does
0: not sound good.
1: No. So the initial study involved 600 black men, 399 of them with syphilis, 201 of them did not have it. The study was conducted without the benefit of the patients being informed about what they were doing. Oh. So researchers told the men they were being treated for bad blood, which was a local term uh used to describe several ailments, including syphilis, anemia, fatigue, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. In truth, they did not get the proper treatment needed to cure their illnesses. In exchange for taking part in the study, the men received free medical exams, free free meals, and burial insurance.
0: So think about that, right? From For a poor person down south at that time, yep. that, that's, free that's meals. big time. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. So the, the original project was supposed to last six months, but the study went on for 40 years. Oh, my God. Right. So the men were never given adequate treatment for their diseases. Even when penicillin became the drug of choice for syphilis in 1947 and it cured syphilis, mm. uh, researchers did not offer it to the subjects. So the advice, the advisors, there's an advisory panel uh, designed to, you know, des- uh, to to look at the efficacy of the program. Sure. They found that the uh, there was nothing to show that the subjects were ever given the choice of quitting the study. Uh, so they they were basically stuck into this, so program. what is it
0: that they were having them do?
1: Well, they—they they, it was just they were—they were giving them the free medical exams and whatnot, and they were studying the long-term effects of syphilis on people. I see. So even though they had the the means to, to treat them, to treat them, yep. they weren't doing it. So the study ended in 1972, It was determined by a committee that it might not be beneficial.
0: Why, why syphilis though? Just they were just interested just in that disease, inter- yeah, and, how, and its effects on the brain and stuff. Yeah,
1: what it would do to somebody okay. for long periods of time. So in the summer of 1973, which is about a year after the study ended, there was a class action lawsuit filed on behalf of the study participants and their families. And in 1974, a $10 million out of court settlement was reached. As part of the settlement, uh, the government promised to give lifetime medical benefits and burial services to all living participants. Oh. So how how disgusting is that that right. the government has a, an illness that they know will kill you, mm. they have the the um, means to End that and mm. save your life, and they don't give it to you. Yeah. How, that's about as bad as it could be.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, and, and they didn't, you know, and what makes it even worse is the, is the racial undertone there, you well, know? Well, sure,
1: because they figured that, you know, th- this is a, a, a segment of the population that probably doesn't have a lot of uh, uh, ability to. Uh, question what's going on. People and, advocating uh, for them no, at the no time. Advocates, no advocates, no legal recourse or anything right. like that. So yeah, sure. That's you
0: know what's true. ironic about that? It ended the same time MKUltra ended, 1973. Mm. Interesting.
1: That must be when like people with consciences started to become the members 70s. of the government. Yeah. Interesting. So I, this, that, that was just one of the other ones. So there's a lot of these experimentations that have taken place over the years. Some of them are actually quite disgusting and gross. Mm. And I won't get into all of them, but some of them are interesting. For instance, in 1874... Which is you know you're going back a long time. Sure. Mary Rafferty, who was an Irish servant woman, came to a doctor Robert, uh, doctor Robert Bartholomew of the Good Samaritan Hospital in Cincinnati for treatment of her cancer. Seeing a research opportunity, he cut open her head and inserted needle electrodes into her ex- exposed brain matter. Didn't we go to school with a Robert Bartholomew? Maybe. Yeah. I, think I don't we think did. it's the same guy. Oh. So here's how the experiment went. When the needle entered the brain substance, she complained of acute pain in the neck. Oh, obviously. Sure. In order to develop more decided reactions, the strength of the current was increased. Her countenance exhibited great distress as she began to cry. Very soon, her left hand was extended as in the act of holding, a, holding an object in front of her. Her arm was presently agitated with colonic spasms. Ooh. Her eyes became fixed, pupils widely dilated, lips blue, and she frothed at the mouth.
0: I had a colonic spasm after I had Taco Bell last week. It was bad. And then Real she, bad. Then she went into a coma
1: she returned to consciousness 20 minutes later and complained of some weakness and vertigo. So this is this, this is a doctor mm. who instead of treating somebody for cancer stuck needles in her exposed brain. Yeah. This makes me not want to go to the doctor anymore.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean for years and years I avoided the doctor. I had uh, some bad experiences earlier in life. Uh you know, uh, the, the whole the military uh, thing kind of turned me off to them. Yeah. But then recently I I had to go. Well, you kind of have to. I had to. I had to get checked out, and make sure uh I wasn't going to croak.
1: Especially if you get older.
0: So You know what, though? I've, I've reached that threshold in my life, right? So you're past 40. Yep. And you're always nervous when you go to the doctor now because you think he's going to do something. He's going to, uh, you know, because you hear he's about... He's going
1: to use his digits to examine <laughs> you. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah. I've heard some horror stories about that. Yeah. And so I went recently, and uh, I was hoping to God, I, he didn't bend me over the exam table, wow. and uh, he didn't, fortunately. Maybe,
1: maybe you're just not his type.
0: Maybe. But I'm, I'm fortunate that didn't happen.
1: Here's another one. From 1913 to 1951, that's a long time, that's like, you know, 40 years. Mm. Dr. Leo Stanley, the chief surgeon at the San Quentin prison, performed a wide variety of experiments on hundreds of prisoners at the at the at the facility. Yeah. Many of the experiments involved testicular implants where Stan- Stanley would take the testicles out of executed prisoners and mm. surgically implant them into living prisoners.
0: What the heck would that be for? Wait a second. Take take. He takes out the testicles of a, of a dead... Dead people and puts it in live people. Would he reattach them or just stick them in the... I, uh...
1: I don't know. I didn't get to the, the, the details of the testicular manipulations, but <laughs> something probably like that.
0: You know what they do, though? Just quickly aside. Yeah. yeah. They have these things for dogs. They're called nudicles. And when you have your male dog fixed, you know uh-huh. they remove the testes. Yep. They insert these uh, silicone-based nudicles into the sack.
1: to make it look more normal. To make
0: it look more normal, and so the dog, the dog doesn't care. The dog mentally still has something that he can hold on to. The
1: dog's mental capacities is probably not oh,
0: where you think it is. Sounds good.
1: So anyway, in other experiments, he attempted to implant the testicles of rams, goats, and boars into living prisoners. He, for some reason, he's obsessed with the testicle. Mm. Got gotta have testicle maneuverings. So he also engaged in other. Type of things like uh, eugenics and forced sterilizations on prisoners. He believed that his experiments would rejuvenate old men, control crime, and uh, because he thought that there was biological causes to crime, yeah, and also prevent the unfit from pre-
0: reproducing. So, so what? What did the? What was the result of the the in, inserted goat testes into a human? Whether they, they well, they
1: started making weird noises like this. Oh, and also they also had a extreme balance in rocky terrain. <laughs> that's, so that's that's how that happened. Oh,
0: that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So,
1: so that was a San Quentin experiment. Here's another one. Have you ever heard of Operation Top Hat?
0: Uh, no.
1: Okay. And actually, this is <laughs> we have another connection to this story, so I, you could probably dovetail off of what I'm going to say. Okay. So Operation Top Hat was a local, quote-unquote, local field exercise conducted by the Army, mm-hmm. which took place between September 15th, 19, uh, 1953, uh, September 15th to the 19th, 1953, at the Army Chemical School Fort McClellan, Alabama. Oh, a 1975 Pentagon Inspector General's report maintained that the subjects in the the subjects uh, in the in the exam were they didn't have a claim against the government, and here's why. So, the the experiments involved uh, exposing troops to chemicals unwittingly, interesting, and then and then testing how their uh, decontamination efforts went Mm -hmm. and how how effective their decontamination. Uh, stuff was and the the uh, members of the chemical corps who were involved in this the the test subjects had no claim against the government because they were it was part of their regular duties as being members of the military so and even though they were not made aware of the tests so just because you know it's part of their job duties so the connection here is military police school also was located at fort McClellan when when you and i were in the service it's right. not there anymore the
0: yeah the nuclear biological chemical school was there
1: that's right well actually closed now fort McClellan is, has been shuttered
0: it, uh, well actually it right it's it's been decommissioned but they still use it for various oh, I didn't various know that. things they do
1: well i just i just remember being there and running through uh running in the morning for physical training and running through clouds of chemicals. Right.
0: And we didn't know what it was. Well, we you know, we make a we make a joke about it, but there's actually a uh, there's a there's a house resolution bill being brought forward. It's been in the works for some time called the Fort McClellan Registry Act because mm. Fort McClellan, Alabama, Anniston, Alabama where it is actually, and the surrounding areas are some of the most polluted uh places in the, in the world, the most polluted military bases in the world. So if you were in the military and you served on it at that base during certain time periods from I think the 1930s to till the 2000s til yeah early 2000s i think something like that yeah. if you were there for any even prolonged period of time then you fall within this registry act, and any any disease that you may have is a presumptive disease contributed or caused by your exposure to various unknown chemicals while you were stationed at the base. Well, I
1: hope that goes through because there's a lot of guys that were there for an extended period of time. I, I I went there at least twice yeah. for, for you know for different training opportunities and things.
0: But I mean, everything was polluted. The gr- the groundwater, you know, the soil, everything there. So you you know you think about when you go out in the field there, and you're rolling around in the dirt and drinking the water and drinking out of a stream and Everything else, so yeah, yeah, it's not good.
1: Not good at all. Here's another one, Operation White Coat. Mm. This was actually a pretty interesting one. So in the 1950s, this was an experiment conducted on draftees, uh, specifically members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Do you know why they would focus on members of the Seventh-day Adventists?
0: because they rest on the seventh day. No, I don't know. Because
1: they're conscientious objectors. Oh, okay. So these are these are people who were drafted into the military but but were conscientious objectors because of their religion. Oh, easy targets. So, rather than being assigned to combat units, these people volunteered uh to be exposed to various bacteria and diseases to see what would happen.
0: They Oh, they volunteered. Oh yeah, they well they volunteered air quotes.
1: Yes, they volunteered yeah. to either go either do this test or go to a combat unit, which they couldn't do because of their religion. So they really didn't have much... Because these were draftees. Yeah, exactly. So they really didn't have um, much of a choice, even though officially they could opt out at any time. But then they would be sent to a combat unit. Sure. So anyway, so not, not, not quite clear as to what the results of Operation White Coat were, but just another program of the military. So like you said before, these are all things that... We're, we know of now. How yeah. many don't we know, you know, things that happened before that or things that happened since then? And we just there's just no record of them. So we just don't know what
0: happened. Yeah. And that's the thing we think, you know, here we try to be morally superior to other, uh, you know, cultures and countries across the world throughout history. Right. And obviously Nazi Nazism being one. We know how terrible that was. And uh the outrage across the world for the, some of the things that they did and the atrocities and the experiments that they did on people. But yet we were uh, you know, we doing some of the same things, you know? Yeah. Just just a little bit less or lower profile that and people didn't really understand or know what was going on.
1: Well just to just to just to offshoot from there, so these are all medical experiments, right? These are uh essentially medical experiments or drug, you know, experiments. Right. What about experiments that they do regarding behaviors or um you know, and anything else that may impact the population. So again, there was I, I had read a report that the U.S. military released chemicals into the subway system in New York City, not even on military people, uh, just to see how far a chemical agent would get really in an underground environment. So I mean, this 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 stuff like this all over the place. But who knows what's going on? Who knows if there's, um, you know, supposed terrorist attacks or, or other things that have taken place just to further an agenda or just to study how people will react exactly that sort of thing
0: uh, yeah even like false flag operations you know well, which I know we, can we don't get into
1: we don't really talk about that too much on the show because we're not a poli- we don't get political I know that that a lot of a lot of podcasts and a lot of things they, they delve into these um these conspiracies regarding current events you know like the the shooting in uh in Las Vegas
0: and 911 and all these
1: things we, we haven't really get into that maybe we will
0: Something along those lines. It was a it was a CIA operation called Operation Midnight Climax.
1: Oh, I have think, those all the time. What do you
0: think that was involved uh, uh, Involved with?
1: Well, you know, uh, sometimes I have these dreams. Oh, you mean... What, the- oh, you had a Midnight Climax? No, no, no.
0: I don't know. No, oh, I didn't know. Were I, you sleeping at the I time? I don't know what you're talking about. This is a family was your wife involved? I'm not talking. So the CIA set up several, uh, you know, houses of ill repute, brothels Ooh. in San Francisco. <laughs> the <laughs> CIA did this. They basically did it to obtain a selection of men who'd be too embarrassed to talk about the events. Oh, so they kind of like baited people into these these houses, Mm -hmm. and uh, they basically the men that they that they ended up capturing as a result of this were dosed with LSD. And the brothel, you know, these brothels they were equipped with you know one way mirrors and filming uh, video sessions and stuff like that, so they could have stuff on these people and and had them volunteer once again air quotes for the LSD. you know, trip programs. They're really
1: into LSD, huh? Yeah. Wonder... Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It seems like a, a, a pretty odd... Where would you get LSD now? Is it Today? still out there? I don't know where you get any... I'm an old person. I don't understand where you get drugs do people anymore. people still trip? People do all sorts of things, man. Yeah. They lick toads, baby. But my, my point is this. So I, I don't know where these doctors are that are prescribing, you know, dozens and dozens of these pills or hundreds of these pills to these people. Mm. Because... I had surgery recently and they gave me like 10 pills. Yeah. And I had a, like a serious need for them because I had, a, you know, open wounds and stuff. Well, you think you did. Yeah, but they, they gave me 10 pills and no refills. So how are you supposed to get addicted? You don't even have a chance.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh. You tell me. I've never, I've never uh, been prescribed any of that for any reason. Well, so.
1: there's a legitimate reason for it. Obviously, if, if people need it, you know, if you you're, you're you got some sort of medical issue or whatever. That's what they were developed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, people people do abuse it, but I, I just like I said, I don't know where they get all access to all of these pills. Well, there's they there's they they're,
0: they're pretty resourceful, and, and it's it's there's a whole uh, operation, whole subculture of, uh, as we all know, you know, drug. Uh, uh, Illicit drug activity and exchanges and purchasings and things of that sort, which I find amazing because you look at, uh, you know, I was watching uh, Narcos that that uh, oh that's that a terrific TV show. series. Yes, it's amazing to me how an illegal operation such as that in a third world country yeah. can be so efficient. You know, like 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 the most yeah. efficient legitimate business you can think of. They just they do it, except it's illegal. You know what I mean? No,
1: it is. And and one of the things that that show actually exposes is that the the actual drug itself is very cheap. Mm. It's it's the markup and markup and markup that makes
0: it right because it's several layers it has to go through. Yeah, but when you're like mo- in the
1: in the jungles of Peru, yeah. you could make cocaine for nothing basically.
0: What do you think those people those people that are in the jungle in these jungle huts mm-hmm. that are making this stuff? What do you think they're they're uh, earning? They earn two, their-
1: they earn two tadpoles a day to eat, oh. and then um, uh, some table scraps. Do you think
0: they get to sample any of the product? I'm or sure how does that, that they work? probably do. Really? I,
1: if I had to guess, I don't know. I don't know what the Peru people do now. Do
0: they? Do they?
1: Actually, don't we have listeners in Peru? We do.
0: Peru? Yeah. No. We had,
1: yes, or was it Chile? Chile. Oh, we had a listener in Chile.
0: We had one listen in Chile, and I think they got through the somebody, introduction, and that was it. Somebody stumbled upon our show in Chile, Santiago, Chile. They, now I wonder. I wonder if these these did you build the Estadio de Olímpico? <laughs> I wonder if these houses, these, these little uh, establishments where they make the drugs, the cocaine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always picture them like a bunch of ladies and they're all naked, you know, because they make them not wearing clothes.
1: Yeah, so they don't. that's in movies like New Jack City.
0: Yeah, yeah, topless ladies making cocaine.
1: Anyway, I think we've strayed off the topic, but I, before we close the show, I wanted to discuss some place, some place that I went last night. Oh, where did you go? Can we do that? So, it's a, uh, you know, we're recording this show in late October. Yep. Uh, myself and some friends of mine, uh, I, won't, I won't mention any names. Uh, went to a haunted attraction.
0: Wait a second. Yeah. I thought I was your only friend. No, no. And I, I wasn't have, there. What happened?
1: I have other friends, believe it or not. Some friends. We went to, uh, uh a place called Witches Woods. Oh, I've heard of it. Which is in, uh, I'm not terrified. The t- it's in the, the Neshoba Valley ski area.
0: The commercial. The guy goes, Witches Woods. Let me okay. tell you.
1: So I am a, f- I am a fan of, of haunted attractions and mm. I've, I've run them in the past and I know people in the business and everything, um. This one was okay. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Very pricey. Very pricey uh, to get in there, and then not a whole lot of scares. I mean, you know, I feel I feel bad because they, they put a lot of effort into it, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. a lot of actors, and I really appreciate actors. They they go through a lot. Sure, uh, you know, it's it's hard work. It seems like it wouldn't be, but being a haunt actor is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, not not the best show. I I, I don't think I'd go back there. No,
0: no, it was okay. Uh, you know, there's actually some uh, some local ones that are uh, you know you get a, you, you, all you have to do is give a couple cans of soup. And uh, yeah. and you can get in, and they're really good.
1: Yeah, there was one, uh, and it's probably going to come around next year called Haunt for Hunger. Oh, uh, run by a man by the name of Mike. Yep, uh, and actually Jason uh, was one of the lead actors. Mm. Actually, uh, your my illustrious co-host here. Uh, had a recurring role I did. in the haunted house that I ran
0: and his name was Bunny Yep Stan Bunny Fredericks Stan was my name Stan
1: Bunny Fredericks.
0: and I used to hilarious uh, character I used to hang out by the uh, the, the the fire pit <laughs> in the rear with a uh, shovel
1: and a bottle of whiskey
0: <laughs> and I would uh I would I wouldn't officially accost young ladies as they went by but I would scare them into thinking that I was going to grope them
1: well, you know, coming from you, that's that's a pretty serious. Uh, and uh, I would
0: I would I would hand out skittles to anybody that was dare enough. Or, did you have you them know. in
1: your pocket and you just say, "Hey, you got to fish
0: it out?" I did.
1: You reach down in my pocket and fish out the skittles. Mm. <laughs> uh,
0: but no, that was that's a good event. You know, for, all for charity.
1: Yeah, we're gonna run that again, again, again next year. I think again, again,
0: again, again. So yeah, that was cool.
1: Anyway, so you know, not not the best place, Witches Woods, but go check it out if you like that sort of thing. There's a few haunted houses around. Uh, in this area. And I know that they're, they're huge everywhere. So if you're listening to this program, there's probably a haunted attraction within 10, 15 minutes of where you live.
0: Yeah. And you know, the the ultimate, if you're in the Northeast, if you've never been to Salem, especially oh. Salem, Massachusetts, obviously around this time yes. uh, of the year. It's a, a very interesting, historically an interesting place, but also a... Uh, <laughs> People watching. Very uh, spooky place, uh, to say the least. Yeah.
1: if you, Salem, Massachusetts, obviously uh, the home of the uh, witch trials that took place in the late 1600s. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, there's like you said, there's a lot of historical places to visit, a lot of this tours. Some of the stuff is really cheesy, um, but it's a great, pl- wonderful energy there. Go, go during the month of October, they have all sorts of events. Yeah, uh, you walk around, you, you look at some strange folks walking around. Everybody's having a good time.
0: Did I ever tell you the time where I almost burnt down a uh, a, se- a, a six no 18th century? So it was like it was actually Yeah, it was built in the the mid 1700s. It was an establishment, an old farmhouse. No. That my lovely wife and I were staying in one time when we were up in Salem, Massachusetts, oh. and uh, historically it was great. I found it awesome because you know I like history, yes. and I'm like, well, oh, this place was built before you know the Revolution, before George Washington was even president. It's been around forever. Mm-hmm. So we had a uh, a nice little suite up on the uh, the top level, right? It's like a bed and breakfast now, I guess, or okay. whatever it was. So the. The guy that brought us to our room, he was showing us the fireplace. He's like, oh, here's, here's the fireplace. There's a little bit of wood over there. This is how you're going to light it and all this stuff. Okay. So after a night out on the town. After a few adult beverages. Uh, several bottles of wine. Oh. We uh, we got back to the room, and I was in a especially romantic mood. And uh, I turned the lights down low. I get down to my, uh, you know. My my uh, velvet smoking jacket, Your skivvy drawers, and a pair of drawers, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was trying to romanticize There's too much detail in the this wife. <laughs> so you're I thought, trying
1: you're trying to romanticize.
0: <laughs> so I thought the wise thing to do would be to light a fire. Okay, right in this old to stone fireplace. The ambiance. Correct. Yeah. So I went ahead and uh, lit the fire, and the fire was going, and uh, the night went uh, splendidly. Okay. Right. So we go to bed. Oh. We sleep. Go to sleep. Can you cue the music? There was a storm a brewing. And a storm went over the house, and there was a...
1: Oh, you mean like a literal storm? Yeah, like Not a storm. Not like what was happening in the
0: bed? No, no. Oh, a real storm. That was a whirlwind. Oh. So the storm that was blowing uh, wind, vast and furious, fast winds. It was a gale. And I forgot to shut the flue. Actually, I don't even think there was a flue on the fireplace. What is a flue? That's the opening thingy, right? Yeah, you open and close it in the, uh, in the chimney. Okay. So the, what happened was the wind blew down the chimney, Uh-oh. and it reignited the fire, and oh. embers went everywhere. Oh, no. And then smoke started billowing throughout the room <laughs> and throughout the entire facility. The alarms, really? were, the smoke alarms went off at 3 in the morning. <laughs> the fire department came. Wow. They couldn't reset the alarms. I'm sure they were very happy with you. Oh, no. And then I went. We, after the long night, we got down to the uh, the free breakfast, and people were staring at me. How'd they know it was your room? They didn't, but I just felt like they you did. You just felt like they knew. I, I'm like... Oh you had a guilty look on your face. Well, maybe it's because one of the firemen left his halligan tool in my room <laughs> and I had to grab it and run it back down to the fire truck Uh-oh. before they left. Oh, and uh You
1: mean the hooligan tool. The halligan. I know, I was joking. Yeah.
0: So that was interesting. I almost burnt down a historic structure.
1: Well, that's good. That's a good story, man. Yeah. Next so the the, the moral of the story is uh, close the flu before you go to bed and or, start romanticizing your wife.
0: Yeah, or don't light a fire after you've been drinking.
1: No, you have to light fires. Okay, that's what you do.
0: So, what are we? What's going on? Coming up the next few weeks.
1: So we got some. Uh, we got some interesting shows coming up. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna get back into the uh, into the paranormal a little bit. We're mm-hmm. gonna get back into you know we're gonna go back and forth between historical things and paranormal things and wonderful things.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna try to get some more guests on. Obviously. Yeah.
1: So contact us if you uh, if you would like to, if you would like to ask us a question. Mm-hmm. If you would like to pass on feedback. If you would like to just tell us how awesome we are. You can contact us at the Eon Project. That's T H E E O N Project at yahoo.com. You can also get us on our website, which is theeonproject.com. You can also find us on Twitter. And on Facebook.
0: Yeah, one of our inter- international listeners contacted me a couple weeks or last week. Uh, he's from Toronto, actually. Ooh. And he had some uh, technical suggestions for me. Um, so, uh, you know, just giving me some advice and uh, uh, trying to help me work through some technical things here on the EON Project. So I appreciate the help. See, see, everybody's helpful. And yeah. uh, they want us to continue on the show. So pass
1: the, pass the word on to friends. Get them to listen. Leave us a review. We always appreciate reviews. Uh, it helps us uh, climb the charts of... Awareness. Yeah, we had a
0: good iTunes review recently from a gentleman by the name of Mister Fitzhume. Oh, um, he left us a, a great review, which we uh, certainly appreciate. Oh, and, thank uh, you. Yeah, we're going on. We're going on up. Moving on up. So on this the was. Side.
1: This was the first show in our new studio. I think it went well.
0: It went well. You know, we some things we need to work out here. I got uh, to put some soundproofing on the walls. I think get rid of a little bit of the echo. Yep. And uh, maybe if you close the door behind you, maybe that would help too. Huh? No, it's too late there's now. A door open there no. Oh my God. It's The end of the show. Don't look behind you. Of course I'm going to look behind me. All right. So, tune in next week for a new, exciting, wonderful, great, stimulating and uh overall fun experience. You got it. So just remember, the truth exists.